All right, good morning, everybody. So good to have you out today. Hey, I just got to break my phone before I start here this morning. No. I want to give a quick shout out to, to uh, Devante this morning. Can we give it up for Devante? <laughs> he, I just got to say, thank you so much. So this morning at about 7 o'clock, um, Eve was actually scheduled to lead worship this morning, and Devante got a text from Eve this morning at about 7 o'clock. Hey, do you mind filling in? And Devante is like, uh, no, I'm going back to bed. See ya. No way. <laughs> but he comes and fills in. And then like an hour and a half later, around 8 o'clock, uh, Jacob got a call on acoustic. Hey, can you come in last minute? And he gets in here, and then we had to change around a bunch of songs and all that kind of stuff because of just the switch up. But... Uh, you, we, the, the team just did amazing. You're blessed as a church with this team that we have every week, and just the heart that they have, and uh, so, so, so good. And then I uh, wanted to say thank you to Joel, too. So Joel coming up here and, and giving uh, announcements this morning uh, was tough after the big loss yesterday, uh, soccer, but he did it anyways because he loves you guys so much, and so we're saying thank you for that. And I gotta tell you, two of my favorite people on the planet are in the room today, sitting in the very back. We have Josiah and Beck who are visiting this morning. Yes. I'm very tempted to have you guys come to the front and give us an update on life. Yeah, let's do it. Come on down. <laughs> Okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, Beck is like no, and Josiah is like this. So we're <laughs> this couple has been a, a, just a big part of our church for many, many years. And uh, when COVID hit, so Beck, Josiah and Beck were overseeing our student ministry. And uh, when COVID came along, all of a sudden they live up in Canada and we're driving all the way down here, what like seven, eight times a week, you know, something <laughs> crazy like that. But um, then COVID hit, and boom, the borders shut down. And so all of a sudden everything just changed. And so, uh, so we're like, we had lots of conversations. They ended up finding a church over there, of course, that make a ton of sense. But they have some plans coming up here. So can you just tell us a little bit? Sorry to totally put you on the spot this morning. But you got to understand, this church loves you guys so much. And so we just love to get, just give us a quick little update on what's coming, what's coming up. Who's sharing? You sure you don't want to share? Are you sure? <laughs> Okay, um, first of all, it's so good to be back here. Um, yeah, we've really missed this more than we, more than we realized until we walked back in here this morning. Um, yeah, this place is still home for us and holds a really special place in our hearts, so thank you guys all. Um, this January, so in a month from now, uh, we are moving to Australia. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Beck is Australian. Um, and yeah, that's kind of been in the works for us for a few years now of the concept and the idea of loving to go back there. Um, but then, uh, yeah, God's just really opened the doors for us now. And so, yeah, we've got one month left here and then uh, we uh, fly out January 1st. Right. So if anybody's ever looking for a place to stay in Australia, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let us yeah, know. You need to get out of the cold. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, we just want you guys to know we love you and appreciate you so much. And Thanks for coming up here and let me uh, embarrass you in front of everybody. Awesome. God bless. <laughs> so good. 
Well, thank you for being here this morning, and just, I just hope that you have experienced God today. And, uh, you know, I, the Christmas season is upon us, and uh, maybe you're here in the room, and you're going, uh, that's a good thing, you're excited, you're, you're, you're out here, you've got like 10 dozen cookies ready to go this morning, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe someone else, though, you're in the room, and this, this is a difficult season. Maybe you already feel the tension rising in your chest as... As all this stuff comes at you from all different directions, um, but as a preacher, I'm 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 very thankful for the Christmas season um, because it gives me the opportunity to preach one of my favorite stories in the whole entire Bible, year after year after year after year after year, and and no one's sending me an email saying, "Hey, Rich, can you preach out of?" something different this year? Can we mix it up? Can we go, like, can we go, like, Leviticus this year instead of the Christmas story? No, you all kind of expect that, right? Like, you, you want to hear from this incredible story that, that is, is in, in our Bible, and so I'm thankful that I get to share, and, and, uh, you know, when you look at the, the Christmas story, I feel like I'm ringing. Should I switch out? We're good? I'm ringing up here on the stage. Um, but when you look at the Christmas story, there, in all the events that happen around the story, there's a theme that emerges um, as, you, as you dive into it. And it's, it's a theme that we often don't actually give a whole lot of attention to over the course of the season. But in the Christmas story, you see angels showing up to old men and women and speaking to them, awakening dreams that have long since died. Um, you see God showing up to to cultural outsiders and drawing them into the, to the story through choirs of angels or through a bright star in the sky. It's a, a, a story that has prophetic visions and, and utterances. The Christmas story really is a story of God drawing near to us. It's, it's God coming to us. It's God with us. And the word that that I, I think kind of summarizes this theme is the word encounter. God encountering humanity. And then, of course, the most incredible, miraculous encounter of them all, of them all is that God himself becomes one of us, comes as this little baby, lives among us, reveals God to us. And, you know, as followers of Jesus, it can be easy to forget that what you and I need more than anything else isn't to have a, 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 a magical Christmas that's merry and bright. Um, it's not a clean bill of health, a well-ordered family, uh, a, 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 a big 401k, or a, a church with good vision, good preaching, good programs. Uh, what we need is not seven tips for coping with the stress of, holidays, uh, of, the, of the holidays. What we need you and I need more than anything else is an encounter with the living God, an encounter with Jesus. And you know, as a church, in our leadership, we, we every year we get together and at different times throughout the year, and we, we strategize, and we come up with goals and vision and all this kind of stuff, and, and all that stuff is good. But at the end of the day, what, what I need and what you need and what our city and our county needs is we need revival, we need awakening, we need to encounter the spirit of the living God. Not just corporately, but, but individually as well. We need his presence to show up in our lives. One of the moments in the Bible that has really, over, over the, uh, just the course of my, 
my walk with Jesus that has really impacted me and, and stirred something deep in me is found actually in the book of Exodus. And um, Moses, this leader of Israel, has just personally encountered God in a powerful way. He has led the Israelites out of Egypt, and Moses has gone up on Mount Sinai. And the story in the Bible, we might read at some point in the series, but the story in the Bible has this picture of this mountain. It's just all covered in this fog, and and Moses goes up into the, the, the cloud, and he's there with God for 40 days. They're having this, this talk, meeting face-to-face. Um, God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments and all the laws for the people of Israel. And, uh, but when Moses comes down the mountain to the people, he returns to them. He comes back to normal life. He finds that the people are engaged in like full-on revelry, full-on idol worship. And as a result of their sin— The Bible says that 3,000 people died. So Moses goes from this incredible experience with God to like this pain, darkness, suffering. God, who is slow to anger, was filled in that moment with righteous anger. And in this incredible scene, this incredible moment of time, God comes to Moses and basically says, "Um, go on without me. This people, they're too hard-hearted. God says, I'm not going with you. And I think a lot of leaders maybe in that moment might go, okay, this is bad, this is dark, and just kind of cave in to hopelessness and despair, but not Moses. In that moment, he instead goes to prayer. He seeks God on behalf of his people. He intercedes. He stands in the gap, and he says these words that that speak volumes about what mattered most to him. He says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And Moses knew what his people needed. He knew they needed more than food or water or anything else. He knew what they needed was an encounter with the presence of the living God. If his presence doesn't go with us, what is the point? If he's not in it, nothing else matters. He's the one who's life. He's the one who is everything. He's the one that satisfies every single desire. And and Moses is going, if you don't go with us, what is the point? And I don't think that you got up early on a Sunday morning to listen to music. I don't think you got up early on a Sunday morning to listen to some guy talk up here on the stage. Maybe some of you got up early for Christmas cookies, but I think, I think what you really got up early on a Sunday morning when you could be laying in bed or watching football or doing whatever is you got up and you came here because you're after something. You're after something. And maybe your heart doesn't even really know what it is that you're after, but, but you know there's got to be more to life than what I have right now. Or maybe you're, this week has just been pain for you. It's been suffering. It's been grief. I don't know. And you're going, I got I to gotta get to a church service this morning because I just, I need I need something. You came here because you want and need something in your life, and you're hoping to somehow encounter God today. You want to encounter God today. As we begin this new series, this is really the heart of where we're going to be hanging out this Christmas. God wants to encounter you. He wants to encounter you. He doesn't want you to just have some sort of cerebral head knowledge of Him and kind of know a lot about who He is and No, he wants you to know him and to encounter him. This is actually the whole point of Christmas. It's not about getting that that new iPhone. 
It's not about getting that certain gift. It's not about having the warm fuzzies deep down inside when Nat King Cole comes on the radio. It's not about the lights, the nice things we do to serve people, our special services programs. Although we believe in all that stuff, no, Christmas is ultimately so that we would encounter the joy of Jesus, the peace of Jesus. It's so that you would encounter the love of Jesus for you, the forgiveness, healing of Jesus. It is about encountering the very person of Jesus himself. And with all the God encounters that, that happen around the birth of Jesus, you know, they're happening all over the place in the Christmas story. We could actually spend the next several weeks kind of bouncing from one verse to the next verse to the next verse, all these different stories, but we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to actually hang out and focus in on one young lady named Mary and the extraordinary encounter that she had with God. And so if you want to follow along this morning in your Bible, we're going to be reading the story of Mary that starts in Luke chapter 1, verse 27. It goes like this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is Mary's aunt, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So here we get a, a, a brief snapshot of who Mary is. And uh, I know there's a lot of details in that little section that we just read, but let me just unpack a little bit uh, about who Mary is because it's actually significant to this encounter that she's about to have with God. So first of all, she's from this small backwater town called Nazareth. Now don't, when you think small town, maybe all of you are going, oh, I know what it's like to be in a small town. I live in a small town. Um, don't think Ferndale when you think small town like what Mary came from here. Um, this town is maybe a little closer to something like Maple Falls or Glacier. There's maybe a corner store or a gas station and a whole bunch of rednecks in this place. That's Mary's home. And uh, she's not royalty. She's not somebody of nobility. Um, she's essentially a nobody. Um, furthermore, she's engaged or betrothed to be married which in ancient times was basically this like, it was like marriage. It was, it was, it was a, a contractual thing where she was committed to Joseph. The only way out of it um, was through divorce. And with her being engaged, we know, based on how ancient cultures worked, that she was likely somewhere between the age of 13 and 15 years old, which makes the events that are about to unfold in Mary's life that much more incredulous. And so as you hear this story, and as you hear about Mary's response to everything that's about to happen, don't think through your modern Western lens of culture here. This isn't a 30-year-old mature woman who's established a sense of identity, who knows her calling, who's just been around, got lots of experience in life. No, if, if this had been today, Mary is either just finishing up middle school, or she's a freshman or a sophomore in high school. And she's a teenager who is about to encounter God. And as a quick side note to all of you teenagers in the room listening this morning, it is never too early to encounter the living God in your life. Never too early. And all of you adults in the room this morning, I would ask that you would make it a consistent part of your prayer life that the students, the teenagers of this church would encounter the presence of the living God in their lives. The Bible goes on to say, after it sets up who Mary is, it says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
The angel's making a statement, not a wish, not saying, may God be with you, but the angel is saying, greetings, the Lord is with you. The angel informs Mary that the power and the presence of God is with her right in that very moment. Then the Bible goes on to say that Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary responds, how will this be? Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then sweet, humble, God-fearing, teenage Mary responds to all the uncertainty that this is going to create in her life with the most beautiful of answers. She simply says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me, or may your word to me be fulfilled. May it be fulfilled. And I have a question for you to consider for a moment. Actually, a few questions. But the first question is this. Have you ever had what you would describe as an encounter with God? I don't have to answer that out loud, but just think about that for a second. Have you ever had what you would describe as an encounter with God? Just think about that for a minute. Just jog your memory back. Have you ever had what you would describe as an encounter with God. Um, one of my very first, probably one of the, the more significant encounters that I ever had with God happened way back when, like Mary, I was still a teenager. My, my youth group that I was a part of was at this retreat. And as I was sitting there in the very back of the room, as far from the front as I could possibly get, the, the preacher was preaching his thing. And all of a sudden, God showed up in that room. And, and begin to speak and draw me and pull me to himself, saying, Rich, this is the life for you. Rich, I am calling you to follow me. Last Sunday, I had another encounter with God, standing up here, listening to all of you testify about how God has been with you, how God is with you. I, I was up here fighting back tears. I mean, I could have just like, bleh. A mess. The presence of God was here in this place in such a powerful way. It's an encounter with God. An encounter with God. Um, this last Wednesday, so I started this new journey this last week, um, doing some counseling. And uh, for, some, for myself, because there's just, there's been some stuff in my life, um, just some obstacles in the way that get, that get in the way of what I know God wants to do in my life. And so I was sitting there in my, my room, on a Zoom call with this guy from Colorado and uh, an encounter with God. He just, he came in that still small voice. And I don't know how, how it is with you when you encounter God, but I just, I get like really emotional and just start, like tears just start to come. I'm sitting there in my room and I just hear that gentle whisper again. It's God coming to me. Rich, I'm inviting you to experience healing and to experience freedom. It's an encounter with God. And you might have had similar encounters Maybe they look completely different. Maybe you've never had an encounter. 
And this morning you're going, yeah, Rich, that sounds good. I want, I want to encounter God. But this is actually leads to another good question is, is this. Do you want an encounter with God? Do you want an encounter with God? It's a good question to ask. If, if you could have God show up in your life however he wants to, would you invite that? Like, God, here I am. Show up in my life. Or would you, like, resist that? Because maybe it's more like, no, I like the way I have my life. And, 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 and if God shows up, I just, I just heard you read that story, Rich, about how God showed up with Mary as a potential 13-year-old telling her that she's about to get pregnant. I don't know if I want to have God show up in my life and, and mess up my way of doing things and mess up my plans. And I, I don't really know if, if, if I want to have that happen. You know, a place that God sometimes lead, leads us, and we'll get more into this in the coming weeks, is, is to sacrifice to change. And if we've been holding to our, our life like this, like we cling to it tightly, we might maybe resist an encounter with God. But, but maybe you're here this morning going, okay, I, I want to encounter God. Rich, what you're talking about, I, I want that. I want to encounter God, but how do I encounter God? What does that even look like to encounter the presence of God in my life? You know, encounters are kind of like meetings, but they're not really like regular meetings. You know, if I want to get together with you for coffee this week, we're going we're gonna to grab our phones and we're going to check our calendars and we're going to start a little text thread and we're going to try to bounce some times back and forth and eventually we're going to come to the place where we land on a time and we're going to put in our schedules. We have a meeting on Thursday afternoon at, at 1 o'clock. We don't call these encounters. Um, if I came to you after service today and I'm like, hey, I'd like to set up an encounter with you this week. <laughs> Would you like to encounter me this week? I'd like to encounter you this week. We don't do that. No, that's, that's actually a, a meeting. Meetings are predictable. They're planned. We have a certain amount of control over what a meeting looks like and, and how it happens. But encounters aren't like that. There's usually an element of surprise when it comes to encounter. You can't control how or, or when it happens. You know, Mary didn't have a, a 3 p.m. after-school meeting scheduled with an angel sitting there on her iPhone. No, it was a complete surprise. Furthermore, an encounter isn't just meeting with somebody. It is experiencing somebody. And what we learn from Mary is that there is a, there, there's a posture that you can have that puts you in a better position to encounter God. There's a posture that you can have. And what she shows us is that the posture of encounter is simply carrying within your heart and soul a humble longing for more of God. It's carrying within your soul a, a humble longing for more of God. It's a posture that says, I'm tired of trying to live life on my own. It's not working. God, I need you to show up. It's a posture that says, I'm not enough I need you. It's a posture that says, I've tasted God and I've seen that you are good and God, I want more of you in my life. It's, it's that posture that David described when he wrote the words, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And we see this in Mary. Not long after she becomes pregnant, she, she sings a song that, that has become very well known. We even have given it a name, the Magnificat. And there's two lines that I want you to see today that, that speak to Mary's humble posture of longing for more of God. She says this. She says, 
My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And just a little bit later on, she says, he has filled the what? He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. And so we see these two, these two things here. We see, we see humility on one hand, this, this humble state of, 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 of this servant Mary. And on the other hand, we see desire. She's hungry for more of God. I got some competition this morning. Awesome. <laughs> but, but she is hungry for more of God, which can be a problem for us when we live in a nation that is one of the wealthiest nations on the planet, we live in a nation where we have seemingly everything that we need, so why do we need more of God? Author uh, R.C. Sproul, he wrote about how in the Bible, God, doesn't, God never actually comes along and, and absolutely condemns those who have material wealth. But he, he says this, and I quote, There is a universal condemnation by God against the self-satisfied rich. The self-satisfied rich. Those with no sense of dependence upon their redeeming God. We have it all. We're satisfied with, with what we've made happen. We're satisfied in our pursuits. We're satisfied with our dreams and our visions, our work, our recreational activities. We're, we're just satisfied. And all this self-satisfaction can put us in a posture where humility and desire aren't actually present. And instead, what we find is pride. I, I don't really need God because I've got everything that I need. I don't, Rich, you're talking about encounter, but no, I'm pretty good. I don't, I don't need him. Or it puts us in this place of, of, of rather than having desire for more God, there's apathy. There's just this sense of, yeah, whatever. I'm okay. Just, I'll just keep showing up in church on Sundays and doing my, my, my Christian thing. I'll just keep doing that. I don't, I don't really have a desire for more of God, encounter Him, no, not really needed. And, and we end up choosing a, a self-centered, individualistic life, and what ends up happening is this, we, we cut ourselves off from God and what He wants to do, and then we often end up angry with God because He doesn't bless us in the way that we wanted to. And as we wrap up this morning, what would it mean to make room for God in your life. You know, what would it look like if we, you can come on up, Devante, what would it look like if we were to humbly desire more of Him in our lives? How would that look? How would it look? What would, it, what, what would that mean to embody the posture of encounter where you carry within your heart and your soul a humble longing for more of God in your life? A longing for more of his freedom in your life, for more of his joy in your life, for more of his purpose, his peace in the middle of, of the chaos of life. What would that look like? And as we wrap up this morning, I'm just going to ask if everybody right across this room, those watching online, if you could just take a minute and bow your heads, close your eyes. And I want to give you this morning a moment between you and the Holy Spirit. It's just you. Just allow yourself in this moment just to kind of zone out everybody else in this room. It's just you and the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit working and speaking in your life. And 
And I want you just in this moment where it's just you and God to, to allow God to begin to speak to you and even reveal to you, okay, where is your heart at this morning? Even ask the question, God, do I really, do I really want to encounter you? God, do I want to encounter the presence of the living God? God, do I want you to show up in my life? However that looks. And just in this moment, just let him speak. Just let him, let him show you this morning. Maybe even ask the question, am I just completely satisfied with my life and how it's going? And just allow the Holy Spirit to come and speak and move and stir your heart this morning. Allow him to speak and to stir your heart. And then as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, would you be so bold to ask God today to put a longing inside of you for more of Him? I want you to think about that because it sounds all nice to have more of God in our life, to encounter the living God in our life. But again, we just read a story about how God comes to a middle school, high school student and says, hey, I'm going to show up in your life and that's going to look like the Most High God coming on you, and you're going to become pregnant, and your whole world is going to be turned upside down. I mean, come on, that's, that's pretty big. But I wonder this morning if you can say, no, I trust God enough. I trust Him enough. Or maybe for somebody else, it's just, no, I'm desperate enough. I'm, my life, I'm trying to, to, to live this life and go through life with my own thoughts and my own ideas. And, and it just, if I'm honest, it just is not working. All I know is despair. All I know is, is bondage. All I know is brokenness. And you're desperate. You're going, God, I, I, I want you to show up in my life. Would you be so bold to, to make that your prayer, that your desire, that Make that your desire today. And as your heads are bowed, eyes closed, if that's you, I just want to, I want to pray for you. Just put your hand up nice and high. If that's you saying, I want an encounter with the living God. Awesome. Heavenly Father, you see all the hearts. You see all the hands. And God, we this morning are just coming before you, God. God, it's broken people hungry people. And we're asking God for an encounter with you. God, we want your presence. God, we're like, like Moses who said, if your presence does not go with us, God, don't send us up from here. God, don't, we'll, we're, we'll just stay right here. God, unless your presence goes with us. God, that is our heart. That is our desire today. And God, I pray, Lord, for, for every person that's in this room this morning, everybody that's listening online, God, I ask that, Jesus, you would begin to stir within us, God, a hunger for more of you. God, whether a hand was raised or not, God, I'm praying that, God, you would, you would put us in that posture of encounter. And God, of course, we know that you are God, and you will show up in our lives often, whether we're looking for it or not, whether we're in that right posture or not, God, you will just show up often. 
But God, we want to be in that posture, Lord, where we're seeking you and wanting more of you. So God, I pray that you would fan into flame, God, in our heart and soul, God, a, a hunger and a desire for more of you. God, as we go through the next few weeks here, God, reflect on Christmas and reflect on your birth and how you came as Emmanuel, God, with us. God, may we as your people not be content to live lives, God, where we just kind of scratch the surface of what it means to know you and encounter you and have your presence, your power showing up in our lives. God, we do not want to have a form of godliness, but be denying the power of God. God, I pray that a discontentment, God, with shallow Christianity, would it rise within our heart and soul? And may, may you put within us, God, what David had, where our heart and our flesh cry out for an encounter with the living God. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray. As we wrap up today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite all of you to stand with us. And I've just asked Devante if he would just lead us in that course um, that we sang earlier on, How Great Is Our God. As we sing this, I just would ask, let this just be a moment between you and God where you just worship Him. You know, another important piece of encountering God that we see in Mary is just this heart of worship. If I look back on the moments where God has showed up in my life, there's been so many that have just showed up where He hasn't shown up just in the, the middle of worship. As I'm blessing him in a season of life where maybe it's hard and difficult, as I'm blessing him, God shows up in that place. And so we're gonna sing this song and I just, I just encourage you to make this your prayer. You're blessing him, but also asking God, Lord, stir within me this heart. Give me this, this humble posture of longing for more of you. So let's sing this together. How great, how great is our God.